0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Gregory Parker exploring 20th century Dutch theologian Herman Bavinck's
1: description of Christianity. To recognize that what what Christianity is is Christ Himself, uh, Christ as as the Son of God and the Son of Man. Christ as both God and man. Uh, Christ, the one who uh, you know, atoned for our sins. Uh, that that is the the center. Uh, an essence of Christianity and that's that's really what he wants our, our focus to be on
0: Gregory Parker next. Coming up now, we'll talk about Dutch theologian Herman Bavink and his explanation of Christianity. He wants to confront readers with the question, what does one make of Christ? Bavink's constant focus is on Jesus as the center, object, and very essence of Christian faith. Dr. Gregory Parker, a professor at Kern University, recently translated Bavinck's works, Christianity and the Christian Faith, and published them in the book, What is Christianity? Dr. Parker, Herman Bavinck may not be especially well-known to our listeners. Introduce us to him.
1: So Herman Bavinck was a a Dutch Reformed theologian, so he did most of his uh, living and writing in the Netherlands. Uh, from 1854 to 1921, he lived. Uh, really a, kind of an interesting time period in, in Dutch history. Uh, he, he did pop over the pond a few times to America and, and do a kind of a American tour. Uh, he was in America in, in 1909 when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, which was kind of cool. <clears throat> uh, and at the time, the American newspapers were writing of him and saying that he was uh, the greatest living uh, Calvinist theologian. <clears throat> Uh, so he's that's quite a reputation to live up to, um, but he was uh, a yeah, part of this recovery and a, a renewal of Calvinism in the Netherlands. Uh, most people, if they have not heard of uh, Herman Bavink, have heard of his uh, kind of colleague in crime, uh, Abraham Kuiper. Mm. Uh, they were contemporaries and and kind of part of this movement together.
0: And Kuiper was the the among other things the prime minister of the Netherlands.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and Bovink served in in parliament uh, during that time as well. I mean, here
0: he is a, a theologian, though, in another country in the Netherlands, basically became well known in the late nineteenth, early twentieth centuries. What drew you to him? Here we are in twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when I was uh, just finishing up uh, my college education, uh, Bovink was actually just being initially translated into English. So there's a a very uh, academic and large uh, ivory tower uh, set of his books called Reforms Dogmatics, mm-hmm. uh, you know, four volumes, three thousand pages. Mm. Uh, very, very few of us uh, will have the um, maybe privilege or burden of reading through it. <laughs> um, but I decided, uh, fresh out of college, that I wanted to read this, and so I, uh, over the stretch of a few paychecks, I, I picked up each volume at the local Christian bookstore, mm-hmm. um, began chipping away at it, and uh, was really refreshed by his uh, approach to theology. Uh, Most of uh, the time, he kind of walks you through uh, how the Old Testament approaches these issues, then the New Testament, and then kind of walks you into uh, Christian history and and how the church has approached uh, various theological topics. And I thought that that was really uh, interesting and and helpful for me as a a young believer. Uh, But then I was also really struck by his uh, his irenicism uh, his His really kindness towards voices that he disagreed with uh, he was kind of uh, staying away from i mean this would have been two thousand tens time period uh, What I was seeing in Christianity was a lot of kind of tribalism um, you know if you if you disagree with someone, you have to completely hate them and everything that they 've ever said uh, <laughs> and I found him to be just this entirely fresh uh, breath of air, uh, that he could disagree with someone and yet find something true and beautiful about the way that they articulated uh, life or or Christianity. And so it was just a, a really invigorating uh, read for me. Uh, then I had, went off to seminary and uh, uh, kind of strong-armed some of my professors to let me read more Bavinck. And then uh, while I was in the seminary, I, I, I myself got kind of strong-armed into a PhD program over at the University of Edinburgh which is something of a, a bovink hub at the moment hmm. uh, there's uh, probably a dozen students or so now who, who've all studied bovink in Edinburgh and so started with James Eglinton who just wrote um, the, really the premier uh, biography on Herman Bovink's life uh, I think Baker academic published that so so if I, I tease your uh, listeners at all with who bovink is as a person I I'd, I'd definitely recommend. Uh, That biography, it it cleaned up and and won a few awards uh, with the Gospel Coalition. So it's definitely a great book. Um, Yeah, so just Bobbink's irenicism, his approach to theology were both really intriguing to me. Hmm. Uh, And then I I was kind of thinking in this tradition of of reformed theology, and so I, I wanted to bolster my understanding of it.
0: You're the first one. This is the first translation in English of his What is Christianity. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah so my friend Cameron Clausing and I a few years back probably in 2015 as we were kind of looking at the lay of the land in in bobbing studies and and what might be our kind of contribution to the field uh, we decided that we really wanted to to elevate and focus on uh, the pastoral Bavink, uh the bobink who really had his his mind on, uh, on lay people and on, you know, kind of the, the, everyday, the everyday man, you know, right, the, the, the man sitting on the bar stool and and the woman cutting, you know, perhaps cutting hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was really interested in, in making Christianity accessible. And so we kind of slowly uh, started to work through some of Bob Vink's works, uh, first doing the sacrifice of praise, uh, which focuses on um, the, the time period in a Christian's life after they've confessed their faith, but they haven't yet taken the Lord's Supper, which was really a a big phenomenon in the Netherlands, and actually his his bestseller. Lots of people gave that as gifts. Uh, Then we moved on to Guidebook for Instruction in the Christian Religion, which is uh, really his systematic theology for high schoolers. Uh, So there was a bunch of uh, kind of education reform happening in the Netherlands at that time. Uh, also, his daughter, Hanny, was uh, a teenager. And so uh, he really writes this systematic theology to try to uh, fit a need in the Dutch classroom. Um, but I know that he wrote it actually for his daughter. Mm. He really had Hanny in mind. Uh, and so in the, towards the end of that project uh, with Cam, uh, I, I s- spotted this text, uh, uh, Christianity or Het Christendom. Um, and thought, hmm, this might be a really interesting uh, text to kind of follow on this, you know, really focusing on the theme of, of, of what is Christianity. And I I paired it with a younger text called The Christian Faith. Um, so that would have been in 1883, whereas uh, Het Christendom would have been written uh, in 1913, I think. Um, and so you really get uh, early Bavink and mature Bavink really focusing on this this theme of, of what what makes a Christian a Christian, right What, 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 what is this, uh, this faith that we confess? Uh, in the earlier text, he's really uh, focused on the Apostles Creed and kind of walking uh, the reader through the main contents of the Christian faith, uh, whereas in the, the later text, which makes up the bulk of the book, What is Christianity and it's the first section. Uh, He really walks uh, the reader through the history of Christianity, really focusing on how how every uh, human and every person uh, has to cope with the reality of the existence of the church, that these um, unlearned and and uneducated men really revolutionized and and changed the world with their confession of faith. and, and this is kind of an argument he steals from Augustine a little bit. Uh, but he says, listen, the, the phenomena of the church, the existence of the church, uh, means we kind of have to cope with the question of well, what do you, as, as a listener, or what do you, uh, as, as someone who uh, is looking around the world, what do you make of Christ? Um, and, and that the phenomena of of the church really forces you to ask this question. And so, uh, so he really uh, presses that upon the reader uh, throughout the book.
0: Well, I'm talking with Dr. Gregory Parker, and he is a theology professor at uh, Cairn University in Pennsylvania. We're talking about Herman Bovink and what is Christianity. Uh, Dr. Parker translated this, the first one to translate uh, what is Christianity. And as I understand it, uh, Dr. Parker, he believed, uh, and I want to ask you about these six sections that what is Christianity is divided into, but that he believed that the Christian faith, and I think just sort of parenthetically, a lot of people might see professors as focusing on the intellectual side of Christianity, f- focusing solely maybe on doctrine and, and those kind of things. He did do that, but he believed that it applied to all of life, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, as he kind of traces out the history, uh, he, he doesn't get trapped in uh, and maybe in the ivory tower of only thinking about Uh, human life as thinking things uh, Mm -hmm. and and kind of tracing intellectual history as being strictly about how people thought. Uh, But he he identifies how uh, the Reformation and really Christian life brings about a whole transformation of of the person. Uh, And that um, particularly, uh, he highlights this at the Reformation, that uh, Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, uh, these these names and figures that we've probably heard about before, um, that they really highlighted this this change in the whole person's life because of their confession of christ um and so so bobbing uh, doesn't get maybe trapped in the ivory tower there and he's very attuned to this idea that uh the, the christian life is a lived religion it's it's not just a, a simply a confessed religion
0: well can you run through those uh six sections of bovings what is christianity you address the first one a little bit the question of christianity and what is it, or, or uh, the question, who is Christ, really, uh, and and then uh, the next five, and then of course I'd like to kind of circle back and then ask you a little bit about each of those sections, and I know we're going to run out of time here before we know it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in the first uh, section, he really introduces this question of who is Jesus, and 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 you know, kind of covertly, he's participating in this conversation that a lot of theologians were participating in at the time which is uh, asking him the question of, what is the essence of Christianity? Mm -hmm. And so he's subtly giving us his answer, which is that the the person of Christ, who Christ is, is the essence of Christianity. Uh, Then he uh, begins to walk through the trajectory of Christian history, really starting with uh, the book of Acts and the New Testament. Uh, Then he transitions into the early church and shows us how uh, the Christian confession really develops uh, around Christ, that we begin with the confession of Christ and this uh, develops into Trinitarian theology and a kind of a, a robust uh, Apostles Creed and, and Chalcedonian Creed and Nicene Creed and then he, he, he gets us uh, kind of all the way through to the Reformation in uh, the third section um, but he, he primarily or it's, it could be startling for us as, uh, as believers how much he focuses on the unity of the church uh, even while he's talking about this uh, kind of splitting happening. Uh, he's very much interested in seeing that we we have this united confession of Christ. Um, so in that that third section, he's continuing to walk through this development. Uh, likewise, in the fourth, he finally gets to the Reformation with uh, Zwingli, Calvin, and Luther. And uh, I think it's a an interesting little section because even though he is highlighting the unity and it's very much an ecumenical book, meaning he wants us to focus more so on what we have in common with the rest of the church rather than dividing it, he does kind of subtly let us know that he is in the Reformed tradition mm-hmm. and, that, and that Calvin did it best. Uh, and so I, I, I kind of uh, appreciate that as a Reformed theologian myself. Uh, and then the, the fifth and sixth sec- uh, section, he really brings us up to what have, would have been his modern day. Uh, so the shifting dynamics of philosophical culture uh, with the onset of secularism. Uh, he kind of has some subtle gestures towards various philosophers whether that be Schopenhauer or Nietzsche uh, and then he, he arrives really at his conclusion which is telling us like listen uh, you know, all of culture is shifting all of reality is shifting around us uh, but it's still not satisfying us uh, the only thing that's truly bringing satisfaction is, is not the arts it's not the sciences it's not um, materialism it's it's Strictly the confession of Christ and finding our rest in the triune God. That is what brings uh, satisfaction in this life. And uh, so it's a really uh, uh, kind of tidy retelling of Christianity. B.B. Warfield said that he, he couldn't have done it better in 66 pages, which was how long the, the Dutch version was.: uh,
0: So in that second section, the Jesus of Christianity, as you were saying, he, he focuses, well, not only in this section but in others, but on the unity of the church. And even though he was very, as you said, very uh, doctrinal in his beliefs, he had a very particular doctrinal uh, orientation and so on, at the same time, he was greatly trying to show the unity that we have, believers have, in in Jesus. Why do you think that was so important to him?
1: Yeah, I think he saw in his own time uh, in the Netherlands, a, a sort of fracturing happening mm-hmm. on, on the front lines of Protestantism. Uh, so, so in, his, in his early career, when he first became a, a professor of, uh, of theology, he was very much, uh, we need to, you know, build our walls, uh, keep people kind of at bay, and, and make it very clear uh, how we are distinct from these other, you know, s- small reformed or, or uh, other Protestant groups. Um, and by the end of his life, when he's writing What is Christianity, I, I think he's kind of recognizing that with the onset of secularism, uh, it's, it's not going to be helpful. Uh, it's not going to be a persuasive witness to the church, not going to be a persuasive witness to uh, those folks who we want to evangelize to if we're constantly tearing each other down. And so he really wants to highlight, listen, we have a whole lot of unity in, in hope, faith. And love. We have a whole lot of unity in our head. Who is Jesus Christ? As th- as we are the body of Christ, uh, and he really wants to highlight that. Let's let's present um, a sort of united front to a, to a secular world. So, in real sense,
0: uh, what he was talking about there at the turn of the 20th century has every bit as much relevance to us today in 2022.
1: I, I entirely agree, Bill. Was there
0: something in the teachings of Jesus that he he would point to that he found maybe the most remarkable?
1: Bobink was very fond of, uh, of Jesus' uh, teaching of himself as the, the Son of Man, uh, that uh, Jesus declares himself really to be this figure who is uh, extremely humble, uh, what we might call in, in Reformed theology as the, the state of humiliation, uh, so anytime that we're talking about uh, Christ's humanity. Bobink really loved this and, and really focused on this, uh, particularly in this book, uh, highlighting the Son of Man as this really remarkable teaching of, of Christ telling us that He is this humble Savior, who at the same time uh, is remarkably the Son of God, who is, who is the King of the Kingdom of God. Um, and so, Bhavank really wants to hold together those, those two classical teachings of, of uh, Christ's mediatorial office, which is that uh, Christ is both a humble, the state of humiliation, and that Christ is exalted and the one who reigns over all things. In other words, the the state of exaltation is what it's uh, classically called.
0: That one mediator between God and man. Right. And and in terms of uh, that that third section, the confession of Christianity, he's talking, of course, he's looking at the various confessions, how how Christian doctrine developed through the ages, whether it be the apostles or the Nicene Creed and so on, And, and at the same time, Again, as you've touched on, lest anyone think this is just intellectual, he had a, a and, I, and I'd like you to, of course, elaborate on this, a, a great focus on head and heart, on knowing the Christian faith, but then in what it looked like practically to live the Christian faith.
1: Yeah, so so one of the really uh, fascinating things about uh, any time really Bavin talks about uh, the, the lived religion or... Uh, and not just being strictly a uh, intellectual religion, uh, is this is kind of deeply embedded within uh, Dutch culture. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I referenced the sacrifice of praise. Uh, in in Boving's own conversion, uh, he was converted at, uh, he, he grew up in a, a reformed uh, household. His dad was a pastor. He was uh, kind of steeped in Uh, the three forms of unity, which would have been, you know, the Belgic Confession, uh, the Canons of Dort, and the Heidelberg Catechism. Hmm. Uh, So, he very much, he knew about Christianity, Um, and he he finally really converts, uh, right, really about the end of high school for himself, Um, but he he really, he doesn't take the Lord's Supper for another 924 days, and this is because uh, it was really encouraged that you would Take the time to recognize: Is are you confessing this faith intellectually, or are you confessing this faith because you believe it with your whole heart? Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, when he's in college, this this time period, which uh, older biographers have really uh, suggested that Bobinck was kind of falling away from the faith, um, he actually takes the Lord's Supper for the first time and talks about it being, and this irrevocable step forward in his life. This this. Uh, you know, unremittable commitment to the Lord—not just with his head, but with his heart—and then this really shines out throughout his whole life. Uh, his whole life, uh, in in contrast with uh, Kuyper, you know, Bavink always went to church and always attended the church and served his church, um, and so he very much wanted us to see that uh, it, it's not just simply thinking things who do religion, but that that religion is an activity of the heart.
0: Well, we're moving quickly and we we're not able to touch on every aspect of what is Christianity Herman bovink's book his work that you've translated for the first time uh, into English but the sixth section of these six uh sections of this short book the respite of Christianity the respite the rest what what is this respite that he writes about that he concludes with
1: yeah so this is uh I think bovink really doing his his kind of best theological work in that He's really attending to a much older theologian named uh, Saint Augustine or Augustine of Hippo. Uh, one of Augustine's main theological themes in his his writing was that the human soul uh, is is restless until it finds its resting point in God and uh, alongside this kind of you know broader movement in Bobbink's life to want to present a a more a capacious front to Christianity, uh, he also uh, seems to really start leaning into his Augustinianism. And so both in Guidebook for Instruction in the Christian Religion and in What is Christianity, he really draws on all these Augustine themes. And so Bavink, like Augustine, uh, sees the soul, our, our, our human activity, as very restless if we're finding our, our final joy or our final um, end in something that is not the triune God. And that actually, uh, for us as humans, as we Employ and use uh, all things for the enjoyment and delight of God, uh, that is when we will find uh, true satisfaction in this life. That uh, materialism will not bring it for us, the arts will not bring it for us, uh, science will not bring it for us, but ultimately it's uh, when our heart is resting in the Lord, we will have uh, joy in this life and in the next.
0: Well, now, in in terms of uh, what is Christianity, how does Herman Bovink answer that? Can you kind of summarize his, uh, what his answer would be and and what he's uh, hoping to lead readers to wrestle with.
1: Yeah, so he he very strongly wants us to not kind of get caught in the weeds, but to recognize that what what Christianity is, is Christ himself. Uh, Christ as as the Son of God and the Son of Man, Christ as both God and man, Uh, Christ the one who uh, atoned for our sins. that that is the the center uh, and essence of Christianity, and that's that's really what he wants our our focus to be on. Yeah. And is there?
0: And I think you 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 write uh, in it might have been in the introduction, but uh, you say there is a renaissance of interest in his writing, in his view of the Christian life.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, because. Uh, Bobbing started being translated into English really in two thousand eight ish. There's suddenly this this flood of work uh, being done on him by me and uh, I guess really my friends now, uh, and we're all we're all kind of digging into him and translating him, and, and so there's a there's kind of a, a rebirth of interest in him, um, especially in America. Uh, there's definitely growing interest in him uh, globally, in in Korea and China and Japan. Uh, there's there's burgeoning bobbing studies and in the Netherlands uh, there's a growing uh, interest in him again
0: so you're saying his his uh, work which his writings which were in Dutch that you've translated into English are being translated into numerous other languages right now
1: yeah e- even as well as uh, uh, Chilean and, and uh, Brazilian as well yeah there's there's a lot of interest in him because he's a, a thinker who very much wants to confess uh, a, kind of conservative uh, uh, Christian theology what we might think of as reformed theology Uh, but he also wants to be attuned to the questions of the modern person and uh, anyone who's trying to navigate uh, the modern world while uh, wanting to maintain a a strong Christian confession is naturally going to draw interest and uh, and he was really uh, uh, obviously I did my doctoral work on him so he has a special place in my heart but he, he is genuinely uh, a, a very brilliant thinker.
0: Yeah. Do, do you know do he? Of course, he. He was he, in his time. He his sphere of influence was the Netherlands. Are you familiar with his the, the outreach of his work.
1: Yeah, so he he definitely would have had an a, an outreach in the Netherlands in particular with his uh, his students. In maybe particular names that folks might be aware of, he was good friends with with Gerhardus Voss, who was a, a biblical theologian who was at uh, Princeton and then Westminster Theological Seminary. Uh, for many years, uh, Cornelius Van Til, who was also at Westminster Theological Seminary, uh, kind of was always uh, subtly quoting and borrowing from Bavinck. Hmm. Uh, so he's all, really all over Van Til's work. Um, and then in, in kind of the, the the Dutch settlements in America, uh, primarily in Michigan, there's uh, kind of an enduring, mm-hmm. uh, lasting legacy of, of Bavink, even if uh, he's not on their fingertips.
0: And I have to ask this, going back to uh, that time, the early 20th century, the Netherlands, the name that many people will identify as Christian in that era is Corrie ten Boom. Is there any connection between him and her?
1: Not, I don't know if there's direct engagement. I know that, that bovink's family in particular, uh, his, his uh, daughter and, and her children uh, had to cope much more with what was going on in, in Nazi-occupied Germany. Uh, and they were much very much uh, resisting the influences of of kind of german nationalism in in the netherlands and and so there's there's probably a story to be told there um, but I, I haven't done the archival work to find out what's going on there yet.
0: So. Oh, that's quite all right. Well, it's almost time to to uh, conclude. My guest, Dr. Gregory Parker, we're talking about Herman Boving's What is Christianity? He translated it for the first time in English. Well, I wanted to come back to one major theme, and if you had any last thoughts on it, that of uh, the essence of Christianity is a person, is Jesus, is Jesus Christ. And in he, even though had a very distinctive doctrinal Position he very much tried to show the unity that we all have believers in in that common faith in Christ. You use the word startling that that for some that was startling that he would that he would have that kind of an emphasis. Why would that be startling because Jesus after all did say he he wanted his church to be one as he and the Father are one
1: yeah I, I think uh, as I look across kind of American evangelicalism and maybe just Christian culture in America, uh, it's, it's very divided and divisive, and we're often drawing uh, as many lines as we can between uh, other Christian uh, churches or even Christian individuals. Um, and so I, I think it's uh, maybe startling because it, it pushes back at our natural inclination or, or our sin nature uh, to want to be divisive um and and bobink's really trying to remind us uh that hey you actually have a lot more in common with your brother and sister in christ than you do uh not in common with them and so uh, i think it's, it's startling because it's it's trying to get down to our heart right that but that we, we ought to love our brother and sister in christ first and foremost
0: you've been listening to his people on pilgrim radio many thanks to our guest dr gregory parker a professor at Kern University who recently translated Herman Boving's works Christianity and the Christian Faith and published them in the book titled, What is Christianity? Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again on Monday at this same time for another edition of His People.